Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Seems like everybody wants in on fixing St. Louis's crime problem these days. That includes the federal government. Operation Legend will deploy federal agents to fight violent crime here. It includes the state government now, too. Governor Mike Parson called a special session in Jefferson City late last month focused on violent crime. He said that increasing crime rates in St. Louis and Kansas City had triggered his concern. But in the past few days, he and his fellow Republicans have made a few St. Louis-specific proposals. On Monday, Governor Parson argued that Attorney General Eric Schmidt should be granted the ability to intervene in St. Louis homicide cases. Now, here locally, that's been widely seen as an attack on St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner, who is the city's first black circuit attorney. Governor Parson addressed that idea at a press conference on Monday. This has nothing to do with the prosecutor checking around the role of being prosecutor. This is about violent criminals on the streets of St. Louis that cases haven't been filed on. And Governor Parson also pushed back on the idea that this would overturn the will of St. Louis voters. The local community still has a voice in these cases under this proposal because local judges are on the bench and local jurors will decide on guilt. Again, this is about violent crime. And that is Missouri Governor Mike Parson. And joining me today to get up to speed on everything that's been happening in Jefferson City and how that relates to us here in St. Louis is St. Louis Public Radio reporter Rachel Lippman. Rachel, welcome to the show. Always happy to be here, Sarah. So Governor Parson is calling for the legislature to give the state attorney general what's called concurrent jurisdiction in St. Louis. What does that even mean, concurrent jurisdiction? Well, legally speaking, I'm not sure exactly what that definition would be. But essentially what the proposal says is that the uh, attorney general as the office and therefore uh, those who work under him would be granted the authority to come in and prosecute cases um, in a city with not a county, which is how the legislature refers to in legal speak the city of St. Louis. And these are under very specific sections of the law. It would be for first and second degree murder and some other uh Uh, criminal offenses, he could basically come in and have his staff serve as the local prosecutor, essentially saying that, you know, like you mentioned, they would be the prosecutor in this in these specific cases, kind of cases. And could they just take any murder case that they wanted to in the city of St. Louis and say, hey, move over, Kim Gardner, Um, we're taking this one? As I read some of the language, yes. Now, this varies differently between uh, uh, the Senate, the House, etc. The Senate's version, for example, says, yes, law enforcement could refer directly to the attorney general's office. And it also says that if the circuit attorney has commenced prosecution, that the attorney general may adopt or amend the complaint and the circuit attorney shall withdraw from the prosecution. So they could go in and pick cases that are already underway or the law enforcement agencies so presumably St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department could take their cases straight to the attorney general's office. So the phrase here is concurrent jurisdiction, but it sounds like he'd almost have power over her, that the ultimate authority on when to get involved um, and what cases to get involved in isn't a shared thing so much as it would be the state attorney general. 
My guess is that concurrent jurisdiction is like a giving him prosecutorial authority in the city of St. Louis. Again, not a lawyer, don't even play one on the radio, didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night, all of those various jokes. But it's essentially, I think, an authority giving provision rather than saying he will be working alongside the office. There is already an office in place where at the request of a, a local prosecutor, whether it's a complicated case or there's conflicts available, the attorney general's office uh, can go in and help in, in those cases. That's a requested. This is more of a proactive authority that the uh, General Assembly is looking to give to, uh, to Attorney General Schmidt. So is this fair to see this as an attack on Kim Gardner? I suppose it depends on where you look. There are a lot of people who do view this as an attack on Gardner and the way that she is handling her office and handling some of these crimes. What she will point out is that she can only bring to trial cases that law enforcement agencies have solved, have you know given her the documents on. And as of, uh, I believe, yesterday was the last time that the data was updated for the homicide statistics. There are 163 homicides in St. Louis this year. 34, excuse me, 39 of those cases are considered closed. That is Hmm. either the uh, suspect has died or there has been an arrest. And there's been charges issued on 34 of 39 closed cases. What isn't clear, there are also cases from 2019 that have been charged in this year, 12 of those. It's not clear how many of those 34 cases that the uh, prosecutor, Kim Gardner, has charged are from 2019 or versus 2020. But it's a short, small, small clearance rate in terms of homicides in the city of St. Louis. It's not up to the prosecutor to investigate. They can only bring charges when the uh, police have presented Uh, evidence to them, and they can decide whether or not they believe that charges should be issued. So there may be a problem here where the police are not bringing in um, people where she can make a good case. Would that be her response to this, that, hey, I'm, I'm sort of dependent on the cops here? Yes, and that is actually what she mentioned in a statement that her office released. She specifically says, um, you know, uh, the it has nothing to do with actually addressing the underlying division, uh, underlying issues that are driving violent crime. Unprosecuted crimes in our community come down to two variables, lack of evidence and lack of community trust with law enforcement, which basically means, as you said, police aren't able to get witnesses, et cetera, to cooperate. And despite what CSI or some of the other shows will tell you, vast, vast majority of murder cases come down to witnesses. There is rarely a smoking bullet, smoking gun, et cetera, that can directly, physically, evidence-wise, point you to a specific uh, perpetrator. Hmm. Well, we want to hear from you if you've been listening to this discussion. We want to hear your thoughts. What is a bigger problem for St. Louis? Is the bigger problem its crime rate or all this meddling from Jefferson City? And if you're concerned about the crime here, what do you think is something that could actually begin to solve it? Do you like the proposal from the governor? Do you have other ideas? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Rachel, my question for you, um, Kim Gardner did recently win the Democratic primary here in St. Louis, and she won it pretty convincingly. Why do you think this proposal from the governor is coming now? 
I can't read the governor's mind. Um, he may have looked at the uh, homicide numbers from July. There were 42 of them in the month of July alone. I think Jimmy Edwards said uh, in announcing some additional federal intervention that there had been 53-something straight days with either a murder or a shooting in the city of St. Louis. He would make the argument that he's responding to the call from people who want him to do something on violent crime. Detractors would argue that this is a deliberate attempt to undermine a black elected circuit attorney, black woman elected circuit attorney. And uh, Wesley Bell, actually in a written statement, uh, called the uh, concurrent jurisdiction an uh, immoral attempt to usurp the will of the voters and that he would not stay silent. And he goes on to say, Republican leadership in Missouri is playing a dangerous political game to distract from the many ways that uh, the party has utterly failed the people of Missouri. Um, And he says that they he believes the move has nothing to do with actually trying to protect public safety in St. Louis and that removing the twice elected black female prosecutor from St. Louis City is not one of those things that could be done to protect public safety in the city. Hmm. And those are words from St. Louis County prosecuting attorney Wesley Bell, who's basically Kim Gardner's counterpart in St. Louis County. Rachel, I did think it was also interesting in the context of, of him seeing this as such an attack on her. This wasn't the only proposal to take away her power. It turns out Senator Bob Onder offered an amendment to the crime bill that seemed targeted at her even more specifically. Um, this is one that it would apparently just let the, gover- the governor decide to remove her. What, what is going on with that? I actually had not gotten a chance to take a look at that amendment. I was focusing sort of more on the concurrent jurisdiction. So I'm not going to to speak out of turn or out of my my depth here. Jacqueline Driscoll, our Jefferson City reporter, has been doing a lot of of good work on that. But it it wouldn't surprise. uh, There always are provisions in state law to have elected officials removed through recall or through a, a legal process that basically says they're not doing their job. But I'm not as familiar with uh, Senator Onder's attempt as I am with the effort to kind of remove some of her jurisdictional authority. Yeah, and this uh, this amendment from Onder, I do have this in front of me, and he apparently proposed this um, as an amendment to Senate Bill 1, which made it through the Senate last week. And this amendment was, um, it did not move forward with this. I guess it, it was struck, but it was saying the governor may remove any circuit attorney from the office to which the circuit attorney was elected or appointed for any crimes, misconduct, willful neglect of duty, corruption in office, or incompetency. And immediately upon removal of the circuit attorney, the governor shall appoint and commission a successor to the removed officer. Um, A lot of people were taking that as a strike against Kim Gardner on on the behalf of the Senate Republicans. I think that's absolutely probably an accurate, excuse me, accurate read of that situation. And uh, like you said, it didn't didn't go through, but there's such a wide broad reach in there, you know, how is incompetence defined? How were so many different things defined? Again, it did not get attached to the Senate bill as it went over to the House of Representatives, as you mentioned. I'm going to go to the phone lines here, and we do want to encourage you. Our phone lines are now open. If you have thoughts about these matters, our phone number is 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. Um, Kenny is calling from St. Louis. Um, Kenny, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, I just wanted to comment that uh, Parsons' effort is just a return to the blanket racism that we've been working to dismantle for some time. This is nothing but a pure, conscious undermining of African Americans in authority. And he is seeking to undo the little bit of 
change that has come to Missouri, which is certainly not enough. So it, it's just a continuation of the racism. Well, and Ken- it's horrible and it needs to stop. Kenny, thank you for your thoughts on that. Rachel, do you get the sense that for many city voters, this just feels like Governor Parson is, is overreaching? I think so, yes. Um, I, some may read racism into it. I think that would be a, a fair, uh, you know, I, again, I can't read Parsons' heart and soul, but I, I think that is a, a fair feeling that a lot of people have that this is motivated also just by racism and misogyny. And again, the fact that, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, the fact that they're going to start separating out the language of some of this legislation in order to vote on each part of this separately tells me there may be concerns about specific elements, maybe also because of, you know, if they can do this to you, who are they going to try to do it to next? The language is very specific to the city of St. Louis. But yes, I, I would think whether or not you believe it is motivated by racism and misogyny, you can also un- Uh, see it as an overstep of the governor's authority to try and meddle in the affairs of the city of St. Louis, while also making it more difficult for the city to uh, get a handle on violent crime. We're talking to St. Louis Public Radio reporter Rachel Lipman about crime in the city of St. Louis and efforts by Republicans in Jefferson City um, to try to do something about it or to try to usurp the power of the circuit attorney here. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation as well as to take a lot more of your calls. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation. We're talking about the Missouri legislature's attempts to take power from St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. And we do want to note, we plan to check in with Gardner herself tomorrow. She is expected to be a guest on the show at the top of the hour. But my guest today is St. Louis Public Radio reporter Rachel Lippman. We also plan to hear from a whole bunch of you. I see we have very full phone lines. But Rachel, one thing you referenced right before the break, and that is the reaction to all this in the legislature. Something I think fairly unusual happened yesterday. And it felt kind Kind of like uh, Republican leadership was putting the brakes on Governor Parson's plans a little bit. I might not be reading that right. I'm no expert in Jefferson City. What happened yesterday? So as I understand it, uh, what usually happens with a lot of these kind of uh, single topic bills is they'll all get pushed into one large omnibus package. This happens a lot at the end of the session, usually as time starts to run out and there are you know pieces of, of the legislation that uh, representatives and senators want to get across the line. They mash it all into one big omnibus bill. And it uh, went over to the House like that. And now leadership has said that they are going to extend the special session to allow for votes on these as separate bills. Okay. And rather so the- than as one massive omnibus piece of legislation. And what do you make of that maneuver? I think uh, Jefferson's uh, Uh, Jacqueline Driscoll, our reporter down in Jefferson City, said she'd been hearing chatter that it was because they didn't have the support for things as a legislative package. And I think that that's probably accurate. There's always uh, one representative who likes who's now been elected senator who likes to get up and talk about how unconstitutional it is to pass bills with multiple subjects that don't all connect back to each other. And, you know, you could make the argument that they're just getting back to what they're constitutionally required to do. But I think the chatter that she's hearing is right, is that if they tried to lump everything into one package, 
stage, they would be an all or nothing situation. Whereas if you separate them out, the important things or the things that they can get the most support on, they'll bring over the line and the things they don't have the support for, they can therefore lobby, let die, whatever decision they they want to make on that. Do you see the parts of this that involve Kim Gardner and involve St. Louis sort of being singled out um, from any other city? Are those going to be possibly more controversial parts of this agenda? I don't know. Um, not as familiar with, with what individuals would be concerned about. I think one of the things that may be raising some concern is uh, the pro- the provision that basically says you cannot have a residency requirement for St. Louis public safety employees, police officers, firefighters, et cetera. I know when that kind of came up for a discussion in the COVID shortened regular session, that was going to be one of the big things uh, that got pushed through. There's some concern that if the uh, state meddles in St. Louis's local requirements for their workers, will they be willing to meddle elsewhere as well? And I know that was a, a lobbying language, lobbying push that some Democrats had used to some of their more conservative small government colleagues is, look, if they're going to come and meddle in you know, local government, smaller government, state government influence, they're going to come do it to you as well. So that may be a problematic, uh, problematic piece of it as well. I, I'm not entirely sure what various pieces of this multiple topic Uh, multiple topics that Parson wanted to be addressed would be problematic. But obviously, there's some things that they're worried they don't have the votes to support. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go back to the phone lines here. And again, if you want to join us, we're at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. Um, Chris is calling from St. Louis. Um, Chris, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Um, my name is Chris, and I've just got one quick question. Sure. Uh, my concern was in regards to um, rallying around or what could we do to essentially support and back the constituent, uh, or excuse me, back the politician that we voted for in Kim, um, considering that there's very real legislation being drafted to essentially undermine the vote of the constituency. Mm-hmm. So you're concerned about what the governor has proposed here. It sounds like you're just wondering what you could do to help. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Well, Chris, that's a good question. Rachel, is there anything that the average citizen can do um, with their voice on this? Who, who do you think is most important to get get the attention of right now? It's hard to say. Uh, I think it's contacting legislative leaders, both of the Republicans and the Democrats, and you know, basically making the case that the residents of the city of St. Louis, or or this, you know, residents who are calling and saying we don't want this. It's hard to know how effective those are going to be, but it would be the same thing you would do for any piece of legislation: reach out to leadership, reach out to local representatives and senators, and basically encourage them and. Say that public that you know the the voting public doesn't want uh, the authority of their elected prosecutor to to be stripped. Um, Chris, thank you for that call. We did get a couple interesting responses on Twitter. Um, JB tweets, violent crime continues to be an issue for us. This is not new. This is because it's an election year and Governor Parson knows he's being strongly challenged by Nicole Galloway. Rachel, do you think that plays a big role in this? I think the governor would tell you that it doesn't, but I think it would be very hard to read otherwise into this is what gets his base ginned up, supporting, you know, tough on crime rhetoric, law enforcement rhetoric. He'll tell you that, you know, he was a, a sheriff for 20 plus years. I think that 
Yes, and the fact that it is an election year is impacting this because you look to last year when the uh, Black Caucus called for special legislation and Jacqueline has a wonderful story kind of outlining uh, Governor Parson's comments of I wasn't sure they had called for a special session last year with uh, members of the Black Caucus from St. Louis tweeting out that, you know, yes, we were pretty explicit that we wanted a special session to address the root causes of crime back in 2019 and now in 2020. Uh, it's we have plenty of time to come and get this done, whereas last year he was saying, well, I don't know if we'll have time to you know, do a real special session on crime. <laughs> that is interesting. I'm going to go back to the phone lines. Chris B. is calling from St. Louis. Um, Chris, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hello, I was uh, calling. I was kind of curious if uh, um, Ms. Whitman's found anything uh, relevant Um that a lot of the Republicans now are after uh, Kim Gardner here, and especially lately. And uh, I think she had a pretty good hand in uh, getting rid of uh, former Governor Greitens. I hmm. uh, was wondering if kind of like maybe some of these things that uh, Andre and uh, some other people are kind of going after her. Yeah, uh, is, is this payback for, for the fact that, that she took down this Republican governor by, by charging him with a crime? Chris, I think that's a great question. Rachel, do you see any correlation to that? I'm inclined to say no. Um, simply because by the time that the governor did, former Governor Greitens did step down, he was not particularly well liked in Jefferson City among his fellow Republicans. Um, he didn't have a whole lot of legislative support. And it's not as though he stepped down and a Democrat took his place. He stepped down and a Republican, Mike Parson, took his place. So I'd be surprised if that is a motivating factor. Uh, Former Governor Greitens was not a favorite among the Jefferson City establishment. He absolutely had his supporters, but there were many others who were not sad to to see him go. Hmm. Uh, We got a tweet from Anna Lita who writes, police in St. Louis have destroyed community trust, having Jeff Rurda, uh, this is the uh, business manager of the union that represents St. Louis officers, and she writes, having Jeff Rurda representing them highlights that they're willing to sacrifice community trust for their own self-interest. No one will lower the murder rate until trust is built and underlying issues are addressed. I know, Rachel, this sounds like something that Kim Gardner herself has, has been speaking towards. She definitely speaks to a erosion of trust between the St. Louis Police Department and uh, the residents. She would likely probably put some of that blame on the rhetoric that comes out of the union. She likes to say that she has a good working relationship with the officers in the city of St. Louis. But there are also plenty of reasons that trust with individual officers or within individual communities could be lost. That doesn't have anything to do with with the uh, business manager. I'm going to go back to the phone lines. Kathy is calling from Maplewood. Um, Kathy, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. I would just like to know if anybody sees this as a possible move by Republicans to move in on territory that is not their constitutional areas like the state and the municipality, just like Trump has moved into Portland, Chicago, Albuquerque, etc., and just like he's um, sort of offered to stay beyond um, <laughs> November third, or stay beyond into next year. Yeah, he'd like, like to Judy extend those Giuliani. elections, wouldn't he? Right. And Judy, Rudy Giuliani did the same thing in 2001 as mayor offered to stay on. 
Mm -hmm. So you see this as sort of um, of the same piece, just like the feds are coming into these cities. Jefferson City uh, wants to come in. They want to bring the state people into St. Louis, kind of this blue island in the red state. Yes, and we are an island. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. Kathy, thank you for that thought. I want to go back to the phone lines. Rebecca is calling from University City. Um, Rebecca, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, thanks. Uh, I want to go in the same direction that that Kathy just was going in. I really feel like this business of announcing a law and order crisis is a smokescreen for the Republican attempt to put federal agents all over the country in case Trump loses the election in November 3rd, on November 3rd. And it's very, very worrisome to me because I do not want to see our elections devolve into a, a civil war, but it looks to me like that's what they're setting up for. Well, Thank Rebecca, that, uh, that's a very ominous um, theory there. I obviously can't say that you're wrong. It's I hope you're wrong. Um, but so you're saying this is they want to get people more freaked out about crime so that they can put federal agents in place across the country. That's where y- you see the, the conspiracy going here. Absolutely. It's a power grab. And I think the thing about Kim Gardner, I mean, I, definitely she should stay in office. Definitely she should have, you know, free reign to do what she was elected to do. But there's something else going on here. And um, Kim Gardner is only one part of it. The other part of it is control of the country after the election. Well, Rebecca, I want to thank you for those thoughts. Rachel, any thoughts on, um, uh, you know, these forces moving from from the federal government and moving into the cities? And do you have any fear of what Rebecca's describing here? I mean, federal uh, involvement in St. Louis and helping them fight violent crime goes all the way back to 2015 and before with Mission Save, all sorts of other task forces. There have been task forces through Republican governors, Democratic governors. Um, You know, we've had state police, National Guard, et cetera, helping out in, in Ferguson under Democratic governors and Democratic presidents. I... I'm not going to to go one way or the other on how people are are viewing this, but you know, federal assistance in in law enforcement and in in helping the the city get violent crime under control isn't new, and it has happened with Democratic and Republican presidents before this, and mm-hmm. Democratic and Republican governors. Um, We also heard from Katie, who writes on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook group. She writes that alleviating poverty and suffering will go a long way toward lowering crime rates, make life better for people so they're not constantly struggling to survive health care, education, child care, living wages, affordable housing, basically saying that all these things that are being talked about in Jefferson City, they're kind of missing the big picture here. Um, Are any of those things that Katie outlines even getting a hearing right now as we're talking about crime there and focused on trying to lower? that crime rate. The very under the understanding that I have is how special sessions go is that the call has to be very specific as to what they are going to address and nothing in the original call from the governor or his uh, added call for the concurrent jurisdiction includes any of those as uh, likes to be said root causes of crime issues. Hmm. Now, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about today, Rachel, and that is that um, now that Republican leaders have broken up these various components that were uh, part of this crime special session, residency rules for St. Louis police were on the table. It does seem like this is something that there's a lot of um, a lot of people interested in doing this. I know this has been talked about so long. We've had you on the show to talk about this before. Do you think there's a good chance this is going to sail through and now St. Louis police officers will be able to move out of the city of St. Louis? Again, that's something I'm unclear on is if that is one of the pieces that may actually be a holdup. As I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier in the broadcast is there is uh, 
an argument to be made to sort of small government, uh, you know, no local, you know, sort of local control individuals that, you know, look, if they're going to come in and dictate how the city of St. Louis runs and sets its guidelines for its officers, what is to stop them from coming and doing the same thing uh, to to your uh, you know government or saying that we don't like the way that you are operating. Do you want to set this precedent up for when a Democrat maybe is in control or there's Democratic control or one or both of the chambers in Jefferson City? But I don't you know stay kind of ear to the ground enough in Jefferson City to know what sort of is specifically the concerns of some members of the Republican caucus that they've split this legislation up. Hmm. Well, it'd be very interesting to see what advances here and how that's going to affect all of us here in St. Louis. So um, Rachel Lippman, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing your insight. Always happy to do it, Sarah. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.